Welcome to the Points League. I'm your host and commissioner, Sean Murphy. With me today is a mystery guest of sorts. We have not had this owner on in several years. I'm wondering if you, my listener, can figure out who this is. Uh, the first hint that I have is that he has never won a soccer fantasy league championship. He has never won an NFL football fantasy championship in the points league, of course. He was the last winner of the fantasy baseball league, not named Andrew Habby or Sean Murphy. He was victorious that year in what has been dubbed the silent championship. He is Tom Kaiser. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Oh, and yeah, I sure as hell haven't won football and not a chance would I ever win soccer, so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a hot minute since, since you won that title in 2017 over, uh, over Matt Nicewinger, um, but you do represent the, uh, the last title winner, which is kind of weird, but is a big reason why you're still on the right side of the uh, points league bell curve um, in terms of profitability. Um, and you certainly seem like you are well on your way to uh, uh, increasing your profits this year. What has been... Well, I finished second in the uh, COVID year. That's right. Yep, absolutely. And, and I guess... Really to... Oh, go ahead. You're you how to do rotisserie. So that was, you know, certainly an advantage for us. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I mean, it was a 50-game sprint. And you came on really strong, I feel like, towards the end. You, like, you hopped over, I think two or three people in like the last week of the season that year. Um, so pretty, uh, pretty nice EV there. And uh, I guess we can get into your, your, your season this year in a bit, but uh, what have you been doing, you know, this spring? What do you have uh, to look forward to this summer? Well, uh, you know, wife and kids keep me pretty busy. Uh, son turned seven last weekend and my wow. daughter turns two in two weeks. Um, so that always keeps me pretty busy, uh, and then you know the day job, um, and then coming up in the summer, we got your wedding, uh, my wife's cousin's getting married, and then just some travel to our lake house in Michigan when my sisters come in town. So oh, nice. July is pretty jam packed with weekend travels. I got where in Michigan. So in, it's called Dowagiac is a town. It's just north of South Bend. Like you've kept going straight north. Oh, okay. so it's, it's three hours straight north of where I live in, in Westfield. So I take 31 all the way up until um, you get into Michigan. And that's just a short drive off 31. So we'll actually be driving up, dropping the kids off with all my siblings and my parents to then drive across to the border for your wedding. Excellent. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, this is probably over 10 years, but like one of the things that I most enjoyed um, kind of the beginning of this league was uh, I, we would go up to Chad Melinda's um, aunts and stay on Lake Michigan with them. And, and that's kind of the vibe um, that I imagined um, in Grand Bend for the wedding. Um, I, I just really enjoy you know, being by the lake and, you know, just those kind of like breezy evenings where you're just kind of kicking back and, and enjoying. So I'm hoping that 
um, folks who, who make it up to Grand Bend for the wedding um, kind of, you know, get that vibe, you know, especially like if you're coming in the day before, obviously the wedding will kind of be its own thing, but I know a number of people are staying um, or, or moving on in uh, Ontario afterwards or staying with us the next evening. Um, and it is Canada Day weekend, so expect a lot of fireworks um, throughout the weekend. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a really good relaxing spot, um, you know, going up to Lake Michigan and, uh, and just kind of relaxing. So, uh, I'm sure you guys take advantage of that quite a bit. So are you going to full tux for the wedding or are you doing a little less formal? Um, I'm not doing a tux. I'm doing, um, kind of a, a lighter blue suit, um, with a vest, um, with a black tie. Um, but like, kind of like, uh, I don't know the way that I, I think I described it to Adam was, it kind of reminds me of like the LA look like that kind of like LA blue sort of thing. Um, but, um, yeah, no, no tucks. Um, it'll, uh, yeah, just a, a blue suit. I'm actually picking it up tomorrow. Um, it just finished with the tailoring of it. So, um, I think it looks pretty sharp. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, We'll see. Um, so anyway, uh, we've got that coming up. I don't really have any updates for the league. Um, in terms of the wedding, I sent out at the end of last week to make sure that you got your room because we lose that block um, as of yesterday. I think everyone's taking care of that. Like most folks have kind of told me if they, one, they got their, their hotel room. Um, in terms of Matt, like I don't think um, where he's at would be a problem. I actually think that's going to be a pretty good spot the night before the wedding because uh, that's right by the main street. Um, if you go into Grand Bend, like there's uh, like three or four main bars that are right by the beach, and then there's kind of like your typical, you know, ice cream shop, uh, you know, beachware, you know, that that sort of uh, like coffee shop that uh, that you'll find uh, when you go into the town. It's not like a huge town or anything, but um, there's, there's stuff to go to, um, you know, in and around. So, uh, just kind of an FYI there if, if no one has Google mapped it, um, quite yet. But, uh, let's, uh, let's hop into baseball and I gave you kind of a little bit of homework. You can probably do this on the fly, but what we're going to do is we're going to take the NL central, which I think most of our listening audience follows. And we're just going to kind of like go through, you know, what that team should do. And then also, you know, where it applies, you know, we'll, we'll highlight some of the players that have made an impact in the points league. Um, and coming into today, um, I didn't realize this actually until I looked at the standings, but the Pirates are actually half game up on the Brewers, um, which, I mean, it helps that they're playing the Athletics, um, who are going to end up being historically awful. Um, but I was really surprised at that because, like, I know Mitch Keller has had a fantastic year for the Pirates and for, for Habby. Um, but I didn't, I, I never, I, I wouldn't have guessed that they would have been ahead of the Brewers at this point. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on what the Pirates should do from here on out? Just sit tight, keep, keep helping those young guys improve and help your veterans all stay healthy, veteran, veteran pitchers stay healthy for the stretch. I mean, that's one thing is 
you know, Mitch Keller is finally breaking out after how many years of waiting, but the rest of the pitching staff is much, much older. Um, so, yeah, you're, I, I think you're specifically thinking of, uh, of Rich Hill. Well, Rich Hill, I've had, uh, um, Veliquez, and my team is injured right now. Um, yeah, and, and in particular those two. But yeah, Rich Hill, who's probably our most dropped and picked up name on our streamer <laughs> list right now. Yeah, we still got that uh, that curveball. I think Rich Hill is forty three, if I'm not mistaken. I was looking this up. He was pitching. I was watching a game, and he was pitching, and I was like, I'm pretty sure Rich Hill's forty. And then I looked, and he was actually even older than I thought, um, which is pretty incredible. Um, and obviously, you remember Rich Hill from his younger days in Chicago. Well, Zach Greinke is still going strong. I was listening to that game uh, a little bit earlier before we started here. Yes. Uh, my opponent, Tim Byrne, this week, um, from what I saw, they, he only got credited with one earned run, and he gave up five. So that must have, that's that's very nice for, uh, for old Timmy there. Um, yeah, I, I think just kind of going back to the Pirates, I'm curious to see what they sell or like what they buy at the deadline. Like it seems like, you know, they've been building towards, you know, this reload for a while. They brought back in McCutcheon. Um, obviously they, and they extended Brian Reynolds. I'm very curious to see what they do at the deadline in terms of, you know, either trying to bring in, you know, some additional um, firepower in the rotation or bring in another power hitter. I know they've got, like Carlos Santana, who's been like hitting, I think like third, like uh, you know, high in the order for a lot of the season, and, and also gotten some good, pretty good production at Jack Swinski. But like, I don't know. It just seems like a team that should kind of fall fall apart, fall by the wayside as the season goes along, unless they get reinforcements. And I don't know what they have at the upper levels of the minors. Um, to, yeah, to I wouldn't of, really. I mean, for Pittsburgh, when you got. You know, young, pretty young lineup. I wouldn't want to push the envelope too much. I mean, O'Neill Cruz is out for a while. It'll be yeah. a nice boost when he comes back. That's a good point. In August or, or whatever. But Hayes is young and, you know, they're a young team. But the division, like you said, is just very mediocre. So I don't know that they'll ever fully fall by the wayside, even though they probably should. Yeah. And the, Pretty much true for just about every team in that division, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's competitive. Yeah, yeah, it's competitive, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's gonna probably come down in the final couple weeks of the season. Um, I think for most, I think you know, the Brewers are probably the most likely to win this division, but they've had so many injuries just going back even to prior to the season starting, you think about um, uh, Ashby, Aaron Ashby was hurt prior to the season. He was going to be an arm that they relied on. Um, they lost my guy, Brandon Woodruff, I think after his second or third start of the season. I'm not expecting him to be back until after the All-Star break, which would be a big pickup for them. Um, and then, you know, they've had, they have Wade Miley that's been hurt. Um, they haven't gotten much out of Willie Adamas. Um, I... I, I think that in same thing with Jesse Winker, I think they figure this out. I, I think this is kind of the last run 
for this iteration of Milwaukee because I'm pretty sure Corbin Burns is a free agent after this year. Um, and if he's not, he's almost certainly going to get dealt in the offseason. Um, and uh, I, I, he's not going to stay in Milwaukee. So I, I think that they'll... I think they'll definitely pull some some levers um, to uh, increase their competitiveness, you know, at least for for the kind of playoff push. But um, I'm really surprised that they're uh, in the position that they're in. Any any thoughts on on Milwaukee? I mean, it's a it's such a blase team, and they're so bad against left-handed pitching, like. I'm keeping J.P. Sears for his start on Sunday for the same reason I was excited about Abbott coming up yesterday. They are the worst team in baseball hitting left-handed pitching. Like, they just cannot do it. So, it's, it's always, in my mind, it's always a good stream. But um, I, I, don't know, I don't know. Mediocre offensively team. Yeah. You know? When Christian Yelich is by far and away your best player, it is – yeah. Old age offensively, it's just kind of yeah. So it's funny you bring up Christian Yelch. So you know, thinking about VJ's team, he has he sold Trey Turner and Alex Cobb to Andrew, and there's not really a whole lot else to take off of that team well, other than Yelch. Go ahead. I'm gonna say I bought um, Simeon and um, Olson really early in the season. Yeah, and that was those were great moves for you. Um, you bought Simeon and Olson. Olson. My goodness, because Simeon's like arguably an MVP candidate. Um, yeah. At this point, I mean, he's been one of the most valuable offensive players, and like, I mean, the Texas offense has been insane. Yeah, I thought that was. I was yeah, a little annoyed when I saw that trade, Tom. I sent O'Neill Cruz and eighty-five dollars to the two of them. Yeah. Let's, I mean, those are going to pay off. I mean, we were talking prior to the show, and this is the answer to one of the trivia questions that I put out earlier this week. Who is the leader in the league in offensive points? And it is, in fact, you leading the league with um, 1865. I was a little annoyed, frankly, though, Tom, that I, I'm actually second on this, but no one voted for me. <laughs> I went completely unrecognized, but... You know, you were comparing yourself to Andrew, who's third on this list in offensive points, and I think you answered your own question. It's because you you added Semyon um, so early on. Yeah. It, you know, his heavies, Acuna in, in outfield is certainly eye-catching, so. Yeah, it's, it's a sexy outfield he's got there. I mean, Acuna might have the MVP race wrapped up by the end of July. Yeah, I, I think there's a really good chance that he's um, going to... As long as he stays healthy, he's probably going to run away with that. Yeah, I think you're definitely right there. Um, I don't really... Kind of tying it back to uh, the other outfielder, back to the Brewers with Yelich. I I don't know how to properly value Yelich because he's going to... He's leading off. He's going to get those at-bats. He's pretty good, but he's not great. But it's like... Do I really want to give VJ forty bucks for Christian Yelich? And like my my gut feeling is no, I don't. Um, so I I don't like I, I feel like that's the last piece that that VJ's got. Um, but I don't I, I don't know what I want to pay for 
I don't know that I want to pay for that. Um, and it's always fun negotiating with, with VJ. I don't know if he tried to squeeze him in there as well at any point, but... No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, we'll move on, and the next team that we've got up is actually the Reds, who are technically half game up on the Cubs. Um, they've had a bunch of prospects that have been called up, um, highlighted today by L.A. De La Cruz, um, getting called up. He has already walked and doubled um, in this game against the Dodgers. Um, he's looking very good early on. Doesn't really mean anything. Obviously, we saw Jordan Walker have um, a, you know a nice little hit streak to begin his major league career for virtually no power, and then his ass got sent back down. And I dropped him about two hours before this podcast because I just can't watch him hit out of the eight hole and just hit singles and, you know, beat at the ground all day. Um, but L.A. De La Cruz is up. He's probably the most exciting Reds prospect that has come up since it since I really started following baseball, probably since Jay Bruce, who was Baseball America Player of the Year. Um, the year that he got called up, which I think was like 2007 or 2008. Um, and in terms of tools, it, it's probably the toolsiest prospect the Reds have had since Eric Davis in the mid-80s. I mean, he's absolutely um, an electrifying athlete. Um, he's And the power is well-documented, you know, in terms of him kind of being like O'Neill Cruz, in terms of the, the exit velocity and Aaron Judge. Um, but one thing that I, I think folks are kind of underselling or it's kind of going overlooked is he's about as fast as Corbin Carroll on the base paths. Um, so he's he drips, um, you know, tools. I don't know where his final positional place will be. They're playing him at third tonight, um, but I think he's going to end up splitting time between third, short. But I, I think eventually he, he may make his way to the outfield because um, he's like six seven. Um, but uh, a really exciting prospect for the Reds and for Matt Nicewinger, who probably needs it at this point. I think Matt's one of those teams that um, you know needs a little pick me up, especially with all the injuries that judges have. Um, so um, really exciting. Uh, obviously, Johnny picked up uh, Matt McClain, who's hit pretty well as well for the Reds since getting called up. He's kind of a shorter, almost he's not as short as. Uh, Jose Altuve, but um, one comp that was thrown on him was actually Chris Taylor from the Dodgers, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but uh, but those are those are kind of the two big offensive ones. Um, so kind of an exciting time, a transitional time for the Reds. Um, I think they're going to be a really exciting team to watch um, here over the second half of the season. Obviously, they've already got Spencer Steer that's up. Um, and it's a, it's a loaded infield, so I, I do think the Reds will probably be forced to trade away some of these high-end prospects for another position of need. I just don't know if that's going to be an outfielder or a pitcher. Um, do you have any thoughts on my, my beloved Reds? You know, they're certainly got some exciting players, and, you know, I'm talking about Reds, and, you're, you know, so India is doing quite well for you and your fantasy team. Certainly is some exciting elements, which... It's been a while since I read of any level of excitement besides our oldest Chapman. So uh, it's been pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's been pretty rough 
um, the past couple of years. Um, I think really the last time that the Reds were serious about competing was the COVID year. Um, cause they definitely, you know, got rid of payroll the next couple of years. They, um, you know, uh, you know, they traded away Rasiel Iglesias. Um, they traded away Suarez, Jesse Winker, like guys who were like actually relatively contract friendly. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, had to, you know, cut payroll. I'm curious to see if the Reds do anything in free agency this off season to, you know, kind of, you know, help out these younger guys. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been not been fun watching the Reds after about April 20th of the past couple of years. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely very engaged to see how they do, um, in the second half. And similarly, you know, the Cubs have had, uh, you know, a couple call-ups, um, here recently, obviously Matt Mervis, um, you know, Christopher Morell, like, you know, people ask, you know, how, how do you lose to VJ? Well, when he picks up Chris Morell and Chris Morell hits a home run every single day for like eight days straight, um, it, it begins to be a challenge when your team's slumping. But what are, which you, what are your thoughts on the Cubs? Um, I was going to say overall, kind of surprising that they're competitive. Um, I mean, did not think Steele was as good of a starting pitcher. Stroman has been doing pretty well, you know, on a points league basis. He's certainly a top-tier pitcher so far here today, which is quite surprising. Yes. And then even um, Drew Smiley is holding his own this year, which, again, I, I, don't, I have very low expectations of that starting pitching going into the year, and they're certainly doing better. Glad to see they're competitive. I mean, they just had a good series with San Diego, but I don't really know that they're going to be anywhere close to six games. Yeah, they're only six games back right now. I certainly don't think they're going to be any close to that by September. What have your what are have been your thoughts on um, Dansby Swanson, who is obviously a big pickup for the Cubs in the off season? Like I, the way I view him is he's you know, kind of one of the guys for this next new wave, um, in addition to, like, say, a Suzuki, who's, you know, kind of finally healthy after a pretty injury-riddled rookie season. Um, but, but what are your thoughts on Swanson so far? I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched much Cubs yet this year, um, but seems like a good core, core piece, nothing that's going to knock the ball around, but solid defensively, decent enough at the bat that you could be a good tool on your field. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's, you'll, I think you'll end up being pretty happy with having him around. Like he's not like the big Xander Bogarts, um, you know, Carlos Correa type piece, but I think he's a better value in a lot of ways than both of those players overall. Oh, absolutely. Um, so from a dollar standpoint, I, I think it's nice and it, you know, it allows the Cubs to, you know, open, you know, open the, the pocketbook for, uh, you know, others this, this off season. Um, I feel like you guys are definitely going to add a, probably a big time pitcher and it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, if you extended Stroman, um, or, uh, gave him a new contract. It seems like he's pretty happy in Chicago. So um, I, I think things are, are bright on the north side um, for the Cubs, and, and there's still you know a couple guys coming up. I know 
is it Pete Armstrong Crow is kind of knocking on the door, um, and, and the Cubs have a pretty solid system themselves. So I think here in you know about a year, maybe a year's time, this division actually might be between the Reds and the Cubs. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that were the case. Um, it's kind of crazy as that sounds. Um, now, historically, of course, this division has been run by the Cardinals, I would say, for the past 25 years. Uh, you know, the Cardinals have been the most formidable club. Um, they have a lot of veterans, obviously, with Goldschmidt and Aaron Otto, but they're in dead last. Um, have you have you been tracking any of this, any of the issues with Wilson Contreras and his catching? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, that was a weird... I was 72 hours or whatever. I have Contreras on my team, and they go from, oh, he's done catching, he's only going to DH, he had a good weekend series DHing, and then all of a sudden they referred it back, and he's been catching quite a bit, which, I don't know. I think it sums up, I think their office, front office, doesn't know what's going on and what to do. I mean, again, you're talking about a minute ago, your player that you just um LA De La Cruz. No, um Walker. Walker, how they called him up and then demoted him. Um I don't know. I think they're scratching for something and can't find anything. Yeah, it's it's been weird to say the least, kind of watching this team from a distance. Like it seems like the offense is really hot at one point and then goes really, really cold. Um I mean, Goldschmidt has been Goldschmidt. Uh, Johnny's gotten a nice player, Nolan Gorman, um, who I had certainly kind of given up on um, over the past couple years. But their their pitching staff is um, yeah, it's it's real bad. Um, and you know, between Miklas, Montgomery, Flaherty, um, and, and some of the others who have, have uh, you know established themselves in the in the rotation, it's it's bad. I mean, Miles Miklas only has 109 points through just over 74 innings this year, which is is not a very good point total. Um, and then I think the bullpen, it, it, which I thought would be kind of one of the the strong points of this team, hasn't been um, you know that strong either. I mean, Ryan Helsey's got four blown saves. Like it, it just seems like it's been a really tough team to watch um, as a Cardinals fan. I think that'll change over the course of the next few months, but I don't. I don't think this team, <coughs> in its current configuration, makes the playoffs. Yeah, I don't, their pitching is so non-existent that I don't know how you could, even if the offense steps up and performs what <coughs> should be on paper, you know, with with that lineup. But Gorman's taking a step up, and you talk about the veterans and. Yeah. yeah, the pitching is pretty bad. Pretty underwhelming stuff. Um, so, how do you think that? Who do you think wins the division? Probably the Brewers. I think they're more balanced than the other teams, but that's not saying a whole lot. Yeah, I um, I would love to go against you, but I I'm on the I have the same viewpoint. I think they're going to squeak out this division. I think it'll be really close. Um, and I could see multiple teams being in it till the end, but I, I feel like the Reds and the Pirates will kind of fall behind um, at the beginning of September, and I could see the Cardinals interjecting themselves 
Um, but I think the Brewers are going to be too tough, especially once they get back Woodruff um, and some of the other pieces. I think their starting pitching is just going to be a little too strong for everyone else in the division uh, comparatively. So yeah. They're most likely to be aggressive at the deadline too. Yeah, I, I think I mean, they have to be. I, I mean, I, I think Cubs, this, Cubs, Reds, Cubs, Reds, and Pirates are too young to really go aggressively just for division title. Because realistically, you know, big deal if you win the division. They're, they, even if somehow one of them made the move, they're not going to be competitive in the playoffs, um, especially with the expanded playoffs. So. Yeah, I, I generally agree with that. I think whoever comes out of this division is going to get smoked in the first round. However, I do remember that one year when the Cardinals won the World Series and they only won like 85 games that year. And like, it was, you know, was infuriating. With, with the Brewers starting rotation, you could pull out a series here. But much beyond that, and if somehow Pirates, Reds, or Cubs did, there's not a chance they'd want to pull out a series. Yeah, totally agree. Um... So let's let's go on to our, our next category, um, which is I I ask you to, to kind of break down and tier the points league um, based on I think we're we're through nine full weeks um, if I'm not mistaken is that right yeah um, and as we've already established you are the points leader um, by a very narrow margin of about three over Habby, and you've got about a 40-point lead over me. These numbers are all of end of day Sunday, by the way, so nothing. No, none of these numbers reflect the great uh, start by Aaron Nola and Blake Snell yesterday, Rob Crabb. Um, but... Um, who would you who would you put in your your top tier at this point? And it can be as many teams as you want or as few teams as you want. But but how would you break it down? I mean, you just kind of going off what you just said. The the three of us of points are considerably higher than you know the next tier, um, Johnny. I mean, that's basically a whole week's worth of points um, yeah. between you and Johnny and and Matt. Yeah, and, and just to, for, for folks listening, if you break it down by offensive points, it goes Tom has about a 25-point lead over me, and then I've got about a 50-point lead over Habby. That drops about 65 into this like kind of next glut offensively. And then just going off of pitching, Andrew has the most pitching points by about 65 over you, and he's got about a 100-point lead over me, and I have about a 200-point over Johnny in pitching points. So it's uh, it's pretty close between the three of us um, for that, that points league title, which is, I think it's like $125 or something like that this year. Um, that's what I go for. Because, like, I, I don't know if, if, if you feel the same way. I worry about wins and losses, but, like, the only thing that I can ultimately control are my total points. So, like, that's kind of how I gauge the health of these teams, um, you know, when, I, when I'm looking at them. Um, and if I had to choose, if I, I well, I guess we'll, we'll get to that at the end, who you, who you think would will ultimately end up being the winner um, you know, based on the information that we have at this point in time, but it's super close between the three of us. I am in third in total points, and I just happen to have one more win um, as of this recording. 
Um, and I actually have beaten both of you, but neither of you lost to DJ as far as I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I, I think we're in total agreement on those, those first three. Um, what is your, what's your next tier? Um, next tier, Matt, Johnny, Tim, and Vandy. Okay. All right. I think any one of those certainly, you know, there are multiple people could easily improve enough and get hot and manage well, and there's enough pieces here or there. But your uh, preseason crown champion is struggling mightily here. It's uh, it's hard to go through these podcasts and not talk about Vandy because of the preseason and how overwhelmingly it, like I've never had a season in which I've done like projections in like there's been that much of a delta between first and second like there has there was this year with Vandy um, and basically myself um, Jack and Andrew um, I mean it was it just remarkable that Vandy has had some of the issues he, he couldn't control right like he, he couldn't do anything about Carlos or Don. Couldn't do anything about Edwin Diaz going down. He did get some luck, though, when you think about it with Bryce Harper. When he drafted Bryce Harper, we all thought he would be out until the All-Star break, and he basically only missed a month. Um, yeah. You know, he's gotten Tatis back, but, I mean, when you look at when you look at Vandy's team, and, and we'll take a look at it right now, it his pitching staff has been so all over the place um it it's and i'm surprised that he hasn't made he hasn't moved off of guys or made like some sort of trade to to go get someone who's um to, to buy low on because like you know you i thought coming into the season that dylan cease would have about the same point total as garrett cole and he's got 70 points less um like he's been just a, a total roller coaster darvish has been okay um, he's been, he's been actually pretty solid, but, um, uh, you know, he lost Lodolo as well. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just surprised that he is in this position. I, I never would have guessed it. I thought he was really going to run away with this one. I, you know, I was never as sold as you, um, you know, Dar- Darvish is good, but I think his best days are past. Scherzer's seems like his best days are finally starting to catch up and get into the older days. And I was never as big on Cease. Um, so I don't, he's probably regressed more than I expected, but I didn't really expect anything close to what he did last year. So from a pitching lineup, I uh, good, but I was never quite as blown away as you were. Um, and offensively, the, the, there's, there's some really good spots, but there's also a lot of blah. Yeah, he, yeah, he got he got kind of cute, and he, I mean, he's got Anthony Volpe in here, and you know, it's funny. I, I meant to tell you this story, um, but I was I I sent a picture at the Reds game a couple years ago against the uh, the Yankees, and um, they were Anthony. It was like Anthony Rizzo's third or fourth at it was his fourth at bat and he had struck out three times and uh i was close enough and he had like turned his face where he's like kind of got the bat over his head where he's like doing the stretch and i yelled out to him 
Hey Rizzo, three strikeouts? How washed are you? And he, he kind of gave me this wry smile. And uh, he said, I don't know, man. I'm in Cincinnati. I, you know, I'm going to probably swing at every pitch to sit back. And sure enough, he actually did swing at pretty much every conceivable pitch he could have swung at other than like this. I mean, there was like one where it was like a breaker that bounced like 10 feet in front of him. And uh, he ended up getting a single that would have been an out, but he, it hit the, the bag at second base. He hit it right up the middle. And, uh, but it was kind of a, a funny moment um, at that game because, like, it was, like, dead silent. Like, no one was talking, and then I just, screw, like, yell. And he's not, like, I mean, we had the nicest seats I've ever had at a Reds game for this. Um, but, but kind of a, a, funny, a funny moment. And he played it really well. Like, he could have easily ignored me, but... He was pretty playful, um, but the the other guy that I wanted to say something to that I didn't get to say anything to was Anthony Volpe, um, who I think has been okay um, from a fantasy perspective, in part because of you know thirteen stolen bases, but I think from an offensive perspective, you know, pretty disappointing, um, or I should say, just like a, exclusively a hitting standpoint, kind of a, a disappointing start. Um, you know, from an OBP standpoint, I, I really thought he was going to get sent down, but I, you know, I think the Yankees may just kind of power through with him. Um, but he's the one on this team where I'm like, he's not going to be on a contending team. Like this is an opportunity where Vandy could easily get stronger, or he could just put Tatis in it short um, and and move on from Volpe because I just don't think the offensive output's going to be there this season for him. Um. I don't know. People need to move on from the White Sox. Talk about bad teams and teams never living up to their potential. Uh, you're referring to, to Eloy? Uh, Eloy and uh, Tim Anderson, and also Tim, uh, excuse me, Jack on his team for quite yeah. a bit. Um, yeah. And Andrew Vaughn is. I think he's on Tim's uh, team. Tim's team, a, a you know, slight above replacement, but it's. I don't know. If, there was a couple months ago. I don't know if you heard. There was a guy who called into ESPN one thousand and ranted about how bad the team is. <laughs> it was quite hysterical, and it made a lot of the you know news, sports news, so so forth. Um, probably more justified to go after Oakland with the kind of stuff he was saying with um, and type of a minor league team. They're not quite that bad, but uh, this is a huge team that has had a lot of hype for the last five years and, and just... Yeah. It, uh, write them all off. <laughs> it, it's been a rough one. I, I did get to go to a game when I was in Chicago a couple of months ago, and, yeah, they got... Uh, they got beat up pretty bad in that game. I, I think, you know, the other thing is, you know, they signed Ben Attendee to that big contract, and he's, he has, if I'm reading this right, zero home runs on the season. Like, I just don't know how you can be a major league outfielder and not hit a home run by June 6th. So I, I agree with you. I don't know what the issue is there. It seems like it's a really shitty uh, management issue there, you know, particularly upstairs so I don't know I think it's gonna be a while before they're at, like really competitive um 
And um, I think you could see them making some pretty big trades at the deadline. I think there's a good chance they trade Dylan Cease. And if they traded Eloy Jimenez, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, but yeah, so kind of went off there on, on Vandy. Uh, let's go back up to the top with, uh, with Johnny. Johnny got the unfortunate news today of Jacob DeGrom is going to need Tommy John surgery. Obviously, Johnny... Released him back into the player pool immediately. I wouldn't really expect Jacob DeGrom to pitch until probably the beginning of the 2025 season. Maybe he comes back at the end of next year. Um, but I, I I, think we're going to forget about Jacob DeGrom for a while. Um, Johnny gets kind of left holding the bag um, after acquiring him uh, kind of towards the, the middle of the summer of last year. Um what, you know, what, what are your thoughts here with, with Johnny? I, I, he's kind of had a, a roller coaster season. Um, obviously, it, it started off really poorly. Um, the first week, he had like the lowest point total. Um, but then it changed pretty dramatically in a, in a positive way. He uh, got a big win over me in, in week three. Um, and yeah, I mean, he started off the season four and one after that, that rough week one loss. And then he's lost three of four since. Um, you know what? What would you do if you were in Johnny's shoes? Would you keep kind of plugging through? He's in a pretty good spot, or would you, you know, would you look to sell and and maybe play for next season, just given the competition around you? I mean, Johnny's done a great job with what he started off with, and got a lot of upside offensive players who really stepped yeah. up and really filled that out very well. Um, and it kind of reminds me how I started off so well last year and fell apart. And I think last year I was much more of a pretender in the first six weeks, seven weeks or whatever it was. Um, I do think Johnny would probably manage it better than I did last year. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I certainly admit that I didn't manage at the start. Um, very well and clutched and then fell apart on me. I don't know that Johnny would do as much. I just, I, I don't know. I think he could do it, but I don't know if you, I don't know. It's a good question. The aggressiveness is there to do it, whether he wants to or not. Yeah, for sure. I, I think Johnny, Johnny had some really nice hits with, my namesake, a catcher, and he was on fire at the very beginning of the season. Wander Franco, who you and I have both had at different points, having fantastic seasons. Same with Adolis Garcia. Um, you know, we picked up Matt McClain, who started off pretty well. I feel like most of Max Muncy's points came against me in week three. Um, and then from a pitching perspective, you know, he's picked up, you know, he, John Gray has rebounded. Um, obviously, we've talked about Justin Steele, who's on the IL. Um, Michael Kulpak rebounded. I mean, yeah, it was like right after he dropped him and then picked him back up. So he, he resets that clock. Him off a white waiver right away and it went off since. So. Yeah, and Sonny Grace had a, a great um, season as well. Um, he has a lot. He's. I, I think he can continue. Um, he can definitely continue to to play through. I. I he was going to need to make a trade anyway. I think. Um, to, to kind of, you know, keep above um, the others in this group because it is a pretty tightly packed group. Um, but, I don't, but, but I think that's the tricky part is who, who is he going to buy from? 
Like that, that's that's the thing because like DJ is the only one who's really willing to sell right now. I think we're maybe a, a week or two away if like Will and um, and Jack pick up losses, but um, you know it can be it can be tricky getting the guys that you want. So I'm I'm curious, and this goes for the entire group. It's not just Johnny, um, but it's I, I think it's I think it's tricky for John. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got, he ends the first half of the season with Andrew, which is pretty tough. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what levers he pulls, um, in either consolidating some talent around some guys who have started off the season well, um, or if he just kind of stands pat and, and waits a little longer to see what happens with, with this group. Um, especially because he doesn't really have a frontline ace anymore. Um, I, I think the other guys are, you know, the, they're guys who have kind of had a nice stretch, I would say, for the most part, um, but but haven't kind of cemented themselves as, you know, top 20 pitchers in baseball. Um, so, but he's, yeah, I, I think Johnny should absolutely continue. Um, the other two that we have are Matt and Tim. Before we go there, quick aside. Oh yeah. Do you think Luis Arias bets four hundred this year? No, um, but I mean that's another win for Johnny. I mean he's he's one of those guys where you know he I've I've always liked him, um, but he's never really hit for enough power for me to put him on a team. But when all you do is get on base and you know whether it be hits or walks, it's kind of hard to ignore. So I mean he's got you know just under one hundred and seventy points. Um, I. It's the one drawback of our league is that somebody who's that good of, of a hitter just does not score enough points when you're, you know, he's entered the day betting three ninety nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's an empty. It's a pretty. It's an empty average, right? Because he's not. He's not hitting for really any power, and he's not stealing any bases either. No. So. And he's not scoring much because the Miami offense is. Pretty rough, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. It's a weird one to have on your roster. Um, but it's a nice, it's a nice player to as a stopgap, like because you could see where he would maybe trade, arise, and then pick up like a big first base bat at some point, um, or or just kind of fill in as you have injuries. But yeah, I. This format certainly does not help uh, Elise arise. But honestly, even if it was a 5x5, five five for the reasons you mentioned, it's not like he's helping you much there other than an average. So, right. um, yeah, he's, he's definitely a kind of a weird player um, from, a, from a fantasy perspective. Um, I'm going to click on Tim, who's actually the one in fourth place right now, actually has the playoff spot. And also, just to see how he's doing against me, he's got about an eight-point lead. He's got some fantastic matchups this week. He's got two Dodgers in Great American. He's got two Rockies who are playing in cores. Um, I find this offense, on the whole, to be pretty middling, um, even though he's got a superstar in bets. And to some extent, I guess you could kind of make the case that, that Bobby Wood is as well. At least he's got the power-speed combo. Um, but most of the, the rest of these guys are um, solid. I mean, J.D. Martinez is certainly making me 
eat my words that I said about him in the, in the write-up. Um, where does he fall in the league? So Tim is in seventh place right now in offensive hitting. Um, you know, just kind of doing his thing, I guess you could say. Um, there's nothing really that jumps out. I mean, he's definitely a guy that would be looking to add offensive firepower. Um, do you have any thoughts here on, on the offense before we get to the pitching? Yeah, nothing other than what you already mentioned. And yeah, I'm surprised JD's doing pretty good this year. So Already had a home run today. Um, and he's got he's got two really good pitchers in, in McClanahan and, and Christian Javier. Um, I mean, I'm I'm dealing with the two step today from or this week from McClanahan. Um, the rest of this pitching staff, I think, is pretty. It's interesting, but you don't know what you're going to get. Like start to start between you know Yuri Perez, Domingo Herman, Kodai Senga. He just picked up Whitlock. He's riding the France train. Um, it's kind of, I don't know, they're, they're interesting. They're going to be hot and cold, um, which can work in our league, but, um, it definitely seems like the, the pitching staff is, is underwhelming after the, the first two, but the first two are really good. Um, just super helpful. Tim is in fifth, um, just a little below Johnny, um, in terms of overall, so, um, I think Tim is streamed really well. Um, and I don't know this um, for a fact. I didn't go back through. But one of the interesting things about Tim, Tim's pitching staff, is he is the best win-to-loss differential in the league. So he has 49 wins and only 32 losses. So he's like plus 17. Like if you think about that three points, so it's like a 51-point swing. Whereas if you look at say Matt's team who's 45 and 45, like that's a net of zero, right? So he's had, I would say, some pretty nice either streaming, luck, luck. or skill um, with his wins and losses. Like wins and losses, like when I'm in the preseason is usually a category that I remove because I just want to gauge the true talent level. Um, but uh, it's definitely been in his favor. It was kind of a Interesting thing that I noticed when I was going through the numbers this week. Um, you see any trading partners for Tim? I don't know. The whole trading, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how people unload. Yeah. Um, you know, when we get down to the bottom tier, I think there's certain some pieces, but it's okay. Some of the really good stuff is cheap young talent which are going to be hard to acquire mm-hmm. um and you know and not the easiest trading partners i think you know crabby will never sell and right adam's, adam's not the easiest trading partner um in terms of you know responsiveness so that kind of diminishes your ability uh a pool right now yeah yeah i i yeah when we get there we'll I think Will's the one that's probably the easiest to trade with. Um, I did want to mention Matt here. Um, he's just a little behind, eight points behind Johnny. Um, he's doing pretty well. Um, he's got a pretty nice offense. Um, he's in 
was that fifth overall and then in terms of pitching points he's in six so he's kind of right about where you would think he would be um in terms of the standings overall um he's got a lot of, he also has a lot of young guys where they could go either way i mean obviously we've talked a little bit about ellie earlier in the podcast but he's had gunner henderson the entire season um adley rutschman is total stud um so you gotta feel good about that Esturi Ruiz is someone that I like kind of rolled my eyes at when he picked him up, but he's got 29 stolen bases. Um, so I, I feel like Matt's kind of haggled. He gets so cute with his roster decisions, I feel like, um, especially offensively, that um, I, I, I always kind of kind of go against him, but it, it's kind of worked this season. Um, for him offensively, and obviously it helps having Aaron Judge, but um, and hopefully he won't have to go on the IL. But um, you know, what are what are your thoughts on Matt's offensive roster? Yeah, I think you know, certainly cuteness. I think certainly is a factor in him, and you know why you keep some players longer than you probably should, and it takes longer to move on, or sometimes have extra bats off the bench probably more than need be um but that's also one with other young players and judge you could get some really big weeks and some cold weeks yeah you know judge hits a lot of home runs but they they come in a lot of bunches yeah um he certainly well I mean, he could turn it on. It was funny. Someone told me that he, or someone was mentioning the fact that he basically has the same amount of home runs right now as he did this time last year before he went on, obviously, that historic run. Um, In terms of pitching, um, Matt's got a pretty good situation in terms of pitching. He's got Zach Gallen, who's a frontline guy in my mind. He's got Verlander, who just came off the IL. Um... Hunter Green's been kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Um, and some, you know, Joe Musgrove, he just got back. He's got Todd Bradley. Lou Varlin's been really good for the Twins. Um, so there's some really nice pieces here for Matt um, in his pitching staff. I, I, I really like the staff overall. Merrill Kelly's been much better than... I think he'll than I thought he was. Like I, I completely misevaluated in some ways Merrill Kelly, even though I'd rather have Joe Ryan. Um, but um, you know, any thoughts here? Um, I feel yeah, go ahead. Pretty balanced, and yeah, with Musgrove coming back, and and Ian Paxton had a had a good outing here or there so far in his first couple ones. So yeah, uh, it's nice balanced team with some top line people on the front end on the offensively and pitching staff yeah i feel like of these four teams i probably like of the four teams that you mentioned i should probably make a a deviation with my own tiers um i kind of like the situation here the most of the four i there's it's I feel like this is the team that has the will have the easiest time plugging its holes, which is mainly just me saying like most of the holes on this team are offensive. Um, so like I I really like Matt's I probably like Matt's situation Matt's team the best. I think Johnny's definitely the best manager. 
I think Tim has the most built-in advantages, mostly because he's already got a win. I probably disagree with you in terms of um, including Vandy in this tier. I'd have Vandy in his own tier. Um, he has been on um, a win streak. I would say, like, with Vandy, yeah, he's won three of the last four. I think Vandy has the highest ceiling of any of these teams. Um, if it all goes right, I'll, I'll stick with what I said in the preseason. Um, he's the guy that could kick the sh- if, if If he figures it out, maybe makes a, a buy or two. He's the one that I think could kick the shit out of anyone in the top three um, that we mentioned um, and, and just run away with it. Um, but things have to click. Dylan Cease has to get back to Dylan Cease. He needs Carlos Rodon to come back and be Carlos Rodon. Um, You're doubling down on Vandy running away, huh? I'm not. I'm saying he has the highest ceiling. I'm, I, I'm not projecting him to make it, but, like, if you were – and I asked this actually last week. I said, you know, who – is the most likely to win the title of like, I think it was like Adam, Rob, and, and Vandy. I think he, of the four that we mentioned, has the highest title equity, but he probably has the lowest playoff equity, um, which is kind of a weird thing um, or a, a weird um, combination to have. Um, but I think if he gets strong, he. He, he could win the whole thing as like a four seed. Um, or as the others, I don't really see that happening with, with those teams. Um, could happen, and I'm going off of what the rosters are right now, but um, yeah, I'm still pretty pretty bullish on Vandy. Um, he's got to beat, uh, who has he got this week? He's got to beat Jack, and then he's got to beat you next week. So... If hypothetically, if he were to do that, he would actually end the first half of the season with a winning record. Um, so you got a big matchup next week in yeah. in Vandy, um, and it's not like Vandy's been super hot either um, in terms of these wins. He's only had <laughs> one win in the past month over three hundred points, which is pretty terrible. You've actually had some pretty terrible luck. Um, you've had some good weeks, one against myself. Um, and then well, Matt last week, and Tim, I lost to Tim by seven points. Yeah, I mean, you lost, yeah. you, you had 342 against me, 313 against Matt, and uh, whew, 332 again against him. So, yeah, you've had some really close losses with some very respectable point totals. In fact, you've only had one week under 300 points. So you've been yeah. consistent week in and week out. Um, so, I mean, you've got, you have a lot to feel good about, to say the least. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, we'll see if it happens with Vandy. Um, I would bet that it won't, um, but I, uh, I feel like I've made, <laughs> I feel like I've handicapped his situation pretty well. Let's, let's move on to the next group so we're down to i think we're both in agreement vj's at the very bottom how do you handicap these next four do you put them all in one tier or do you have them broken into separate tiers i pretty much have them in one tier although you could put crabby higher in his own tier just because of his aggressiveness Mm -hmm. um but in terms of actual top to bottom talent it's pretty middling um and the one I feel bad for is 
as well. I mean, man, did his pitching staff get destroyed? Yeah, by injuries. I mean, that's a lot of really bad luck. Um, with Urias, uh, Garcia, Robbie Ray, you know, Sale was injured, came back, and was injured again, and um, you know, that's tough. To, and Peralta is only is doing decent, but not as high as he's done in the past. So when you your top pitching are all injured, and you're gonna struggle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's had a hell of a time with with all of those injuries, and and you know. They're, they're critical to, to his success. Um, in, in terms of Will's offense, like, he's got, you know, he's got Jose Ramirez, but Jose Ramirez is not having his typical top five season right now. Um, he's getting what you would expect out of Jordan Alvarez um, and a nice kind of comeback here out of, out of Nick Castellanos and Corey Seager. He's definitely got the offensive pieces that people are going to want to add on to their teams. Um, I'm not really sure what he'll, he would part with from a pitching perspective. Um, mostly because of the cost or the relative age. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I, I would be, I would be curious to see what, what, what Will would, would sell from a pitching perspective, but he's definitely got some high value. Um, offensive players if he wants to part with them. Um, I did want to mention just real quick, just going back, um, I, I put this in the uh, in the thread, who leads the league in home runs, and absolutely no one got it right, um, by the way. Vandy actually leads the league in home runs, believe it or not. Um, so, just wanted to, to mention that. It was not me or Johnny or you, um, it's actually Vandy. Um, kind of surprising. Um, let's go to Rob, who, if you were looking at another poll, Rob's ERA after last week was 4.64. Um, for reference, I'm expecting the league ERA to end up right around the 4.3 to 4.35 mark. You... Have the best ERA in the league at 3.49. Pretty good. Pretty good. And we got Rob down here, just above Jack and VJ at 4.64. I I only bring this up because last year, if you recall, and like most years, I kind we we all kind of needle Rob about like starting out so slow and then he comes back. One of the things that allowed him to do this was he generally had a pretty decent rotation overall. He just had really shitty offense. And this year, he has neither. He has, in terms of overall pitching points, he's in eighth, just above Adam. And then offensively, he's in tenth. So, in like, I mean... Part of that is Grayson Rodriguez not being great, um, and I'm kind of surprised he didn't move off of Grayson um, if he wanted to compete this year. Um, but it's been a rough year for for Rob thus far uh, from from my vantage point. What um, what are your thoughts on Rob's team? Um, 
probably a little worse than I expected, but I don't know. It wasn't very high in this after the draft. I mean, Barrios, and, and when you're banking your rotation on uh, Jose Barrios and, and Blake Snell, um, I don't know. Those aren't, I think they're good role players, but they are not, you know, they shouldn't be your 2 3 type of pitchers anymore. Yeah, and he you you bought uh, Luis Castillo off of him, didn't you? Yeah, in the off season, I had Cash and um, Luis Robert. Yeah, that's right. Um, who's had a solid season, um, but but not as good as Luis Castillo, that's for sure. Um, I yeah, I think Rob has, and he got he did get back Luis Severino who. Pitched really well against the Rads, but he got absolutely blasted against the Dodgers the other night. Um, he's got some tough decisions. Uh, he's right now playing Andrew, and they're in one hell of a matchup. It's 85-75 as of this recording. Um, he needs to win this matchup pretty damn bad, um, I, I think, to, to realistically stay in things. Um, he's got Jack the following week, and then he's got... Some pretty tough matchups between Johnny, myself, and Matt. So, um, yeah, and and there's no relief in sight. Like we, you know, we keep going back to it, but there's not a lot to buy from. Like you're really relying at this point in terms of changing your roster on streaming. Um, you know, whether that be hitting or pitching, and prospects. And I just don't see it in the cards for Rob. Um, but we'll see. I know he'll try. <coughs> um, by the way, what what order do you have uh, this group in? Like, do you have do you have William at the top of these four? Because we've talked about William and Rob. Do you have no? Him? I I don't. He's probably towards the bottom. I just brought him up first because I feel bad for that pit with that pitching staff. Okay. Who do you like the most of this group between William, Rob, Jack, and Adam? I want Jack just because of his offenses. Yeah. Strong, but it's a yes. And on, I'm on the equally side. His pitching is pretty rough shape, and we, uh, Manoa got after being a top five Cy Young voter that got demoted today. So it's a pretty big fall from grace, um, which pretty, pretty surprising. I can't believe it. And Cortez has been pretty mediocre this year too, which I was higher on start of the season. Yeah. Uh, Jack is the other trivia uh, question. I think the last one, he, Jack is actually in, Fourth place in offensive points, and he is in 11th in pitching points. He has eight, uh, an 824-point difference between his offense and his pitching. Um, and, and I think you nailed it with, with Alec Manoa. I mean, in my opinion, Alec Manoa has been kind of representative of Jack's season. Um, it's really difficult to win in this league if you do not have good pitching. Um, and even if you have good hitting, like you just cannot survive um, with, without quality pitching. Um, Manoa getting sent down. I mean, he has pitched 58 innings and he's 20, 27 points. That is horrible. Um, he's got Shane Bieber. 
um, who's been okay. He's missing strikeouts. Um, Logan Allen's been good for him. He just got back Glasno. Lance Lynn's been kind of all over the place. Same with Cortez, who's may or may not be hurt right now. Um, it's just a bad situation altogether. Um, I, I think he probably kept too many relievers at one point. I think he actually leads the league in saves. Um, it, you're just, he's just not getting enough output out of this group. Um, and, you know, it sucks because he's got a really nice offensive nucleus. I mean, you look at this team, JT Rulamuto, Manny Machado, Bo Bichette, who's having a great season, Corbin Carroll, Randy Arena, who's been fantastic, Vinny P. Michael Harris has been awful, um, and Jose Altuve's been injured most of the season, but for the most part, I mean, that's a really good offensive group um, that it feels like we're only a few weeks away from him selling these pieces off. What are, you feel the same way? Like, is yeah. there any way that Jack gets back into this, I guess is what I'm really trying to ask. I mean, if you sold, it's hard because you could sell some of this offense for, for pitching, but yeah. pitching is the hardest thing to come by. Yeah. And the contenders don't want to give up their quality pitching um, for a bet in our league, right? Even though it might be a fair trade on paper, it has to be overwhelmingly in the offense side for anybody to part with the pitcher, basically. Yeah. Um. It looks like this is going to end up being a slap fight between him and, and Vandy this week. Um, and then he, he finishes the first half with Rob. So, I mean, two winnable matchups um, that, you know, theoretically could get him back into, you know, kind of the middle of the field. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that he can realistically get into the top four. Um, so I do feel like he probably should sell or, you know, write it out. Like, there's no, like, <laughs> if you're playing through, you may as well kind of see it out until, like, it's, like, overwhelmingly against you, um, in my opinion. Like, I do feel like sometimes folks sell too early, but um, it's really difficult to see Jack even winning the next two weeks being in it. And certainly if he loses this week, I, I think that's it for him. Like, I, I just can't see him coming back from three and seven um, in any meaningful way. So... Yeah, I, I think it's it's been a rough year. I Alec Manoa, I've watched a ton of Alec Manoa pitch. I get I watch a lot of Blue Jays games. Um, I'm I, my my view on Alec Manoa is his conditioning is he has gotten rounder and rounder and rounder. He's only like twenty five years old. He just looks like he is not conditioned, well conditioned enough to be a professional athlete. Um, and I I feel like that's part of his issue, even if the velocity doesn't suggest it. Um, but I thought the Jays made the right decision, not sending him back to AAA, but actually sending him to the complex and, uh, and, and figuring out what's wrong with his, with, with him. Um, cause you can't pitch him in a major league game right now. I mean, he didn't, I think he made it through a third of an inning yesterday. Um, it, it's just awful. Um, you know, for a team that has pretty high aspirations too. So, um, I don't know. I, and I would hold, Alec Manoa, if I were Jack, if someone came to me trying to buy low on Manoa, I, I probably wouldn't sell him unless I was given a nice chunk of change or a, nice, a really nice player in return. Because I, I do think Alec Manoa writes the ship. Um, but, I mean, he's a big reason why Jack is in the position that he's in. Um, 
before we get to VJ, we'll talk about Adam. Um, always a fun one to talk about for a variety of reasons. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that Adam's four and five. It feels like that's a better record than what he should have. Um, there's not, like, it's a very, it's a pretty average offensive team, I would say. There's nothing super exciting here, um, as there typically isn't anything exciting. Do you have any, any thoughts here? I'm just looking at it now, and there's a lot that he needs to move on from. <laughs> the replacement, you know, it could be pretty easily much better. This is one that this is a type of roster where people draft people and then don't change their bats around quite enough or hold on to them too long. Um, I mean, there's three or four guys that are not even replacement level off the waiver wire on um, the offense here. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I think I think if I were him, I would, I'd probably give up on Josh Bell at this point. I think he's, I just move on. I mean, it's a, it's an atrocious start to his season, and you can you can find yeah. better stuff. Um, yeah, and, and Rosario too. While we're at it. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, because I mean, Cleveland is like the worst hitting team in baseball right now. So, um, and he's got two offense players from that team, so it doesn't 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 serve him very well. Um, pitching wise, it's actually a a, a better situation. Um, I mean, he's got Kevin Gosman, who I think is going to be in the running for. Cy Young in the AL. Um, he's gotten some pretty good starts out of Lizardo, um, as well as Mackenzie Gore. Um, so, I mean, forgive me, Mackenzie Gore, for all the awful things that I said about you prior to the season. Um, and you got Charlie Morton and Eduardo Rodriguez. So, like, he's got some pitching staff, some items that he could sell. I don't know if he will. Um, as you mentioned, he is one of the most difficult uh, owners to trade with. Um, at any point in the season um, or off season, um, but I, I mean Kevin Gosman, I, I I would think would easily fetch hundred dollars plus, um, especially in this market where it doesn't seem like there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of premium pitching available um, at at the the fantasy deadline. Any other thoughts on Adam? No, yeah, just the pitching is probably better than I expected it to be, and offense, they just need to clean up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he theoretically could turn this around. Like, of the four, he's probably in the best spot. Like, in terms of, like, if you wanted to clean it up between him, Krabby, William, and Jack, I think it's easiest for him because he's got a better pitching staff than the others, and it's just adding hitting because his hitting is pretty mid. Um, he also just needs to make some fucking ads during the week. Um, he's in a he's in a fight with Johnny. He's actually beating Johnny right now um, by about thirty two points. He's got yeah. some, some. He's got a hundred point day today. Wow, or close to it. Some point. He just needs to make sure he, he follows up on it all the way through the end of the weekend. I mean, we know we know if it's close that Johnny's going to make a move. Um, so he just has to combat that. 
Um, let's get into our last owner um, who came in third place last year. Um, VJ had a tremendous year. Um, and it's been the year that I think we all kind of expected for VJ. Um, he's still got Julio Rodriguez, who's playing all right. He's got Christian Yelich, who's playing all right. Um, and then he's got kind of a bunch of guys who maybe had like a hot week and he got, they got added to his roster. Um, any, any thoughts here? Yeah, no, not much. I mean, pitching, he's got uh, Kirby to build off of next for next year. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of mediocre stuff for you know, trade deadline or trades. I, I'm surprised he's not more active and waiver wire pickup yeah. and trades. You know, nickel and diving the league a little bit more. But the, the Gower plan. Yeah. As I'm, I'm, you know, I think everybody's more thankful that that's not happening, but certainly could. It It's exhausting when that does happen. Um, it was funny. Actually, Johnny offered me someone when you and I were playing, and we were, it was on Saturday, and yeah. we were both in the same spot where we had all of our starters maxed out. So it's like, I'm not. Yeah making a trade for this pitcher. And I got the same, same trade offer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, he's like, oh, well, I'll go to Tom. I was like, well, you go to Tom, my man. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was an unusual day. I had, I think that was actually the highest scoring day I've ever had in the entire points league history. Oh, yeah. I had, like, 138 points. Yeah. And uh, and you had, like, a regular day. It wasn't like you had an awful day or anything. It was, like, yeah. 70 points. I was just like, what can you do? Um Weird. Um, but yeah, I think with VJ, um, yeah, he's holding on. He got Andrew Painter from Andrew, which I thought was a good move. Um, he still has Shane Baz, who at some point, I don't know if he'll be back this season, but um, was certainly one of the top guys. So he's he's got Brian Bell. He's got some guys to dream on, but there's more guys for him to acquire if he wants. Um, but there are some pieces here that he can you could see it coming together for him next year um, if he chooses correctly, um, which is also a big, big part of it. Um, yeah. yeah. So kind of wraps up all of them um, or all of the, all of the tiers. Um, but I, I got to go back to the very beginning between the three, uh, you, me, and Andrew, if you had to choose one, who would you choose to win it? To win it? Probably happy. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that pitching is going to be pretty tough to He's beat. The pitching and uh, and offense. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's I think he is the uh, the number one. He's the most likely narrowly above the two of us. Um, I think it's a like if I were to like handicap the whole thing, I would probably give him a. 35% chance of winning, you a 30% chance of winning, me maybe a 20 and 15 or whatever's left for the for the field. Um, I, I think that's how I would probably break it down. Oh, that feels generous, but I appreciate it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I see it, I see my team, I see the holes you know, looking at a daily basis or what to change and so forth. So yeah. I'm not as, you know, 
probably a little bit more critical on my team than I need to be. I I think you're you're in a really good spot. I mean, the three of us are in a really good spot. The thing is, that can change so quickly, uh, especially right. if one of these middle teams were to make a trade with another middle team, and you know, kind of, um, you know, uh, bridges the the current gaps that they have. But I mean, most of the teams between Johnny and Vandy are are so similar um, in a lot of ways. Um, it's going to be whoever survives out of that group, I think, um, at least at this point in time. Uh, any other like kind of like big predictions or any any thoughts or questions as it pertains to the league? No, I think that's all I got for now. All right. Well, we have been running for just over an hour and twenty minutes. Um, I'm hoping to do maybe a mini podcast right before the wedding. Or if nothing else, just give some give folks something to listen to on their their ride up. Um, but it has been an absolute pleasure podcasting with you. I believe for the first time since twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. And uh, I'll see you in about three weeks. All right. Take uh, care. See you, everyone. Bye.